Random Art Tips and Rambles with Rafi. Hola, you amazing artist. It's Rafi. And Klee. And today we're going to talk about how to be a critic. We're going to talk about how to talk about art without being a jerk. Yeah, without being a jerk. We've been doing this for a long time and have been to several art events and obviously have shown a lot of our yes. artwork in places. And for the most part, we have really great conversations with people. But every once in a while, we have people that come in and they want to talk about art. And I think that they're under the impression that to be an art critic, that you have to be critical, that that's what it means. That it means to find something wrong with the art. Right, exactly. And the thing about it is that any kind of art, whether it is writing, paintings, jewelry, music, just about everything. You could always find, if you're looking for the flaws in it, you will always find the flaws in it. Absolutely. Like you said, anyone could take their favorite movie and if they were looking at it through that lens, they could definitely pick it apart. Somebody who is going out to talk about artwork should not be somebody who is just out there to pick something apart. And I have done the judging for a lot of art shows. Mm -hmm. And so... In that, I always consider the fact that, like, I don't want to be somebody who is there and is just being nitpicky. I don't think that that's the job of an art critic. Now, as much as I love Jerry Salt, and I do love Jerry Salt. Me and, too. And Jerry Salt does not take himself seriously. A lot of times I hear him say, bad art and good art. But then in another breath, he'll say, understand that. It's just considered bad art because I don't like it. Right. You know? And I think that a lot of artists get confused about what bad art and good art is. And Jerry Saltz has a very deep appreciation for art. Yeah, he does. He does have a deep appreciation. So I can admire whenever he is talking about art, whether or not I agree with him or not. Um, I do know that there is an admiration for art and artist. Mm -hmm. He's always very careful not to just be a jerk. Obviously, in the past, there have been a lot of famous art critics that were just a-holes. Definitely. Like, complete and utter a-holes. One of the things I appreciate about Jerry Saltz is that the main thing that rubs him the wrong way is artists who don't give a shit. Yes. Who are just in it for commercial reasons. I can agree with him on that because I've had that happen in the art show that I judged. I remember going through and looking at some pieces and uh, everybody was pointing at one artist. They were like, oh, these are amazing pieces or whatever. And there was something very commercial, very like almost like it was meant to shock, mm -hmm. but in an intentional way. There was no there was no beauty to it. And I, honestly, it was one of my least favorite pieces there. It did seem very formulaic, like they just plugged in everything that would work, kind of in the same way that record labels have a tendency to say, okay, well, this works and this works and this works, so we're going to put this group together that ticks all those boxes. Yeah, exactly. I think that in order to really be able to look at the artwork subjectively without bias, uh, which is really hard for us to do because, you know, we all have our likes and dislikes and, sure. and whatever we, we've – nobody's walked in our shoes. So like we see the world differently. But I think if you do have a really open appreciation for art, then you have the ability to look at it without as much bias as somebody who – Maybe their art teacher, well, oils are real, blah, 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 or this is real. You know, like all these uh, all these rules that there are in the art world. Well, that's outsider art and that's this art and mm -hmm. that's this art. And it's like, 
I always, I'm always like big middle finger to anybody out there that's trying to label an artist or label art because sorry, labels do not apply. Absolutely. That's a huge, what I would call like a huge faux pas of the art world. And also, I feel like this is a really great subject because not just to hate on the art haters, right? Right. But a lot of folks, myself included, didn't grow up around people that appreciated art or even knew how to appreciate art. So it's not like I was taught from an early age to ask the questions like, why do I like something or why don't I resonate with something? It was a very much like-dislike culture, even right. before social media, right? Right, right. Um, You didn't think much deeper about it. I didn't grow up around people who really thought deeply about why they appreciated the things that they appreciated. So I didn't actually learn to ask those kinds of questions until later on in life. And also that those questions can come from an authentic place. I think so many people are afraid to talk about art at all because they don't think that they have valid things to say. Right, that they're afraid that they're going to say the wrong thing or that's not how you talk about art or that you have to know this specific vocabulary right. that, you know, I, and, you know, you make a point because I remember being younger and like there wasn't any artwork hanging up on our walls. There right. wasn't an appreciation for art. Uh, for the most part, if they bought stuff to, with the fake art and mm -hmm. all that stuff, like that was just to prettify the room, but it was just another piece of furniture. In, and I grew up thinking that it was only rich people that could afford art. And knew how to talk about it. And knew how to talk about it, right? So it's like, it's funny how this entire uh, system of marketing that has worked for the mainstream art world, for the art market, how that works to really uh, disrupt the perception of people out there. Because obviously there are a lot of artists in the world that are making a living, that are showing their art, mm -hmm. and they're not in this mainstream art world. They're not in the, the, the art market. In fact, the art market in of itself is just a small handful. But there are so many people that uh, that are now collectors of mine that – even when they first got a piece would say like that I I've never really had an appreciation for art or I never even realized how much I like art mm -hmm. or until I saw this piece and then they start collecting pieces. It's really great. It's like they get the initial piece and then all Welcome. of a sudden, yeah, they need to fill their walls with it. I think about culture and the way that culture was. And in, in the, the 1950s, like artwork, you know, it was basically you were getting something to make the room uh, more pretty. And then towards the 60s and 70s, then you had specific people that were interested in art and in artists. And you had like Jackson Pollock and like these different um, moments of modern art taking place. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that landscape changing and becoming sort of what it is now. Um, but for the most part, artwork was just, this, you know, a beautiful landscape or something like that. It wasn't as – it was expressive. I mean you have the expressionists that yeah. were like looking at the world a different way. You have Monet's pieces, you know, which were not – and a lot of that art wasn't appreciated back then because people were used to a specific – you know, you have a scene. It's telling a story. It's telling a moment in history or it's a landscape or something like that. Absolutely. And the way that we've actually attempted to define art over the many, many multitudes of decades 
began with, you know, like art is strictly for the purpose of beauty. Like it must not serve any other purpose. It must not be practical. Like that's one of the earliest, actually one of the earliest, I think, is humans telling their story. Yeah. Right. And then art must be this beautiful aesthetic thing that serves no purpose. And then it transitions into art must make a statement. Right. It's not simply for beauty. It must make a statement about something transitioning from that into like art must push the boundaries and so on and so forth. People that judge shows, judge art shows that are artists that have an appreciation for art. Mm -hmm. I mean, I and I'm sure that a lot of them are just like me. Where it's like, I really want to just include every single one, but there's only this much wall space. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to reject some of the art. Although it's not because I think that it's bad art. Uh, I have run into pieces where I'm like, okay, this looks like they just threw it together uh, right before class started because they didn't work on their project. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason that a lot of the uh, juried competitions uh, specifically say you must not hand in paintings that are wet. Yeah, that are wet. <laughs> I know I've been guilty of that, though, where I've been like, okay, it's still kind of wet, but it's it's dry. It's just tacky. It's just tacky. It's fine. <laughs> I want to go over what I think are really good rules for you to follow. If you happen to find yourself judging an art show, or if you're at an art show or walking into an artist booth and you're looking at the art and maybe you don't necessarily connect with the art, but or maybe you do, and how exactly you want to talk about the art. Yeah, or maybe this whole thing just intimidates you and these are some good foundational guidelines to work from. Yeah, and and the first thing I would say is pay attention to who you're talking to, right? So if like you're talking to an artist, understand that sometimes uh you know artists are sensitive and it doesn't mean that you need to uh placate their fears and stuff like that, but at the same time be be a little emp- empathic to what they're going through uh, and understanding that it is a big deal for somebody to put their artwork out there. So be a little bit more sensitive than uh, a lot of the comments that I've heard, you know, and it's okay for somebody not to like something, right? But unfortunately, some of the most rude comments that I've ever heard when it comes to my art or anybody else's heart is people that don't stop and actually look at the piece, their gut feeling, their first tiny reaction and so it's so very surface level that they don't go a little bit deeper absolutely and i would add to that uh to those comments in passing you know somebody was on drugs when they painted that that's a that's a common one you'll hear at art shows right um not only pay attention to who you're talking to as far as you might be talking to the artist but there's a very good chance that the artist is in the vicinity of the work that you're viewing so when you are yucking it up with your friends also yeah um try to try to be a little sensitive to that and understand that you might be thinking that you're funny but as far as the perspective of the people that are around you that are actually appreciating the art or the artist themselves You just look like an ass. You might not care because you might be one of those people that thinks that art has no value. That's the biggest thing. You got people out there that think that art has no value. You have people that find a value in art. That's fine. You don't find value in art. You don't need to be a jerk about it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not its not meant to say that you need to be serious when you're looking at art. It's just, you know, don't be snide, I yeah, think. Yeah, don't be snide. Have fun. Definitely have fun. I've had people come in and make uh, fun comments about my art mm-hmm. uh, where it's very clear that's a joke. But there, there is a fine line there. You don't want to be – you don't want to be an a-hole. 
when it comes to talking about someone's art. Right. The next thing I think, you know, and it's funny because this might seem like it's contradicting, but it's not. And what it is, is just be honest. You don't have to come up with bullshit. You know, you don't have to come up with, but go up to somebody and try to speak. I think a lot of people, I would run into that a lot when people would come up and start talking about the art where they were trying to talk art speak to me. Sure. And like, as an artist, I don't, I don't care about art speak. I want to hear like, okay, what, what does this make you feel? Even if they don't like the piece, I've had people come up and say like, oh, I don't like this one. This, this kind of makes me feel like this, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's not, it's not about coming up with fancy words and it's not coming up with, uh, well, the marks are this way and this must represent this. Like, it doesn't have to be that way. You're a human being. You're talking to a human being. I don't personally find anything wrong with art speak in circles where the art speak is the language, right? Yes. When circles where, okay, we are looking at work based on uh, technical aspects and this and that. Totally. Every, everything in the world, every, every uh, genre has their lingo, right? Yeah. The, the, the language of the trade or whatever you want to call it. Certainly. But for most people, I think artists included. Really, we just want to communicate our emotional responses to things. Yeah. The thing about it is that, and and what I really want to point out here is on both sides, like be honest. If that's the way that you technically look at a piece and that's how you, then absolutely. Mm -hmm. If you don't, you don't need to do that. And also as an artist, if someone is talking to you in art speak and talking about the technicalities, there is nothing wrong with saying, I'm not really sure what you mean by that. Yeah. You know, just be honest. I think because their insecurity is so rampant, you know, we get so many artists that ask us, like, how do you talk about? In fact, one of the videos that's going to go up this week is how do I talk about my art? Mm -hmm. And so, like, I think that there is so much insecurity when it comes to that. And really, whether or not you're talking about someone else's art or you're talking about your art. You're just, you're talking to other humans. You're just having a conversation. You cannot get it wrong, especially with something as subjective as art. Definitely. I've been asking myself the question lately, what is the simplest way that I can say this? Especially if I'm writing an artist statement. I had to write an artist statement yesterday about a piece and I found myself actually, uh, trying to overcomplicate it where I didn't want to because I was having a hard time explaining why I created what I created. Right. And I was like, really, like, what is the simplest way that I can say how I'm feeling? Right. And, and, and go from there and delete the fluff. The truth is that when we're creating art, when we're creating anything, a lot of times, it, a lot of it's going on in the subconscious. A lot of times we don't even know like, oh, I just, I like this color here. Mm-hmm. Or I want this to be textured or I want this or like after you put it down, you're like, oh, that doesn't feel right. I, I got to change something about it. And you're not even sure exactly what it is that doesn't feel right. You're just working on the piece. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's really hard to explain that. And for somebody that's looking at the art, it's hard for them to really fathom to see that, that that's th- that those choices came from there. So I think as an artist or as a critic, especially, it's important to Take a look at the piece and actually spend time with the piece. Yeah. To to just give it give it its due. Don't just chalk it off from the very beginning. Oh, I don't like that. Right. 
You know, that's like that's like somebody who uh, is, somebody offers them some food. They look at the food. They're like, oh, I don't I don't like that. I don't want it. They don't even taste it. They don't even know. Yeah. They haven't explored it. They haven't they haven't seen what different textures and flavors the food has just off the bat. They just say, I don't like it. So what you're saying is you need a little time to let the art sit on your palate. Yes, exactly. Uh, spend time to find out what you like about the piece. Yeah. Right. Because it is, like I said before, anyone, anyone can destroy a work of art by just picking it apart and saying, oh, I don't like that. Oh, the nose looks off. Ah, it doesn't look realistic enough. Ah, all the all the all the stuff you could criticize it and understand that usually what you're doing is you're comparing it to something that is just not comparable. Mm -hmm. You cannot compare two works of art side by side. You have to actually stop and take in each and every single work of art on its own. Yes. You know, and I think that that's one of the issues. A lot of people look at abstracts and then they compare all the abstracts or they look at landscapes. Well, I like this landscape more than I like that one. Because I think for the most part in society, that's how we're used to seeing things and judging things. One thing is better than the other. One thing is better than the other. And it just doesn't actually work that way with most things, not just art, with most things. It's true. And it's not necessarily our fault as humans that we do that. I mean, it's kind of like partially just an innate thing, right? We have preferences for other humans, uh, vistas that we might want to look upon. Um, but it really, it really doesn't belong in the art world. And it's not to say that it's not okay if you don't like a piece of art. No, right? absolutely. But um, if you're going to talk about the art, if you're going to announce that you don't like the art, maybe stop and think about that and sit with it for a while. And I, I think I would not hang any Norman Rockwell in our house. Right. Right. Although I love Norman Rockwell paintings. Agreed. The same thing as Monet, mm -hmm. even Pablo Picasso. I I love Pablo Picasso's uh, a lot of his artwork, but I don't like it enough to hang it in my house. Mm -hmm. Now, does it mean that the artwork is bad? No. Each and every there are some pieces that I'm like, eh, I don't really connect with that. But you still investigate it a little bit further. One of the one of the artists that gets criticized the most is Jackson Pollock. A lot of People love criticizing Jackson Pollock's work and saying like, oh, that's not art and this, this, this is that. In fact, there's, 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 it's just ridiculous. But a lot of those people don't stop and sit and just look at the piece. I've had the opportunity to stand in front of a Jackson Pollock piece and really take it in. And it's, there's so much more involved than just paint splatter. And that's one of the thing is that a lot of people, that don't stop and take the time with the piece, don't ask themselves those questions or really, really acknowledge and look at not only the how the work was created, maybe what was going on with the work, what feeling you get from the work, but also the scale of the piece and what feeling you get with that. Absolutely. There is so much more involved if you take the time to investigate to let it sit on your palate, like you said. And to also keep in mind that a human being created this work. It's not simply an object before you that winked into existence out of the ether. A human made this, and this was never more apparent to me than when I first encountered Rothko's work. Right. Right. And I was like, I don't really, I don't really know how to appreciate this work. These are very large squares. Sometimes larger squares on squares. 
And it was actually in learning about Rothko and why he created the work and right. what the motivation was behind it and also getting a sense of scale of the work that really kind of gave it an extra depth that I could appreciate. Where it was everything. It was the lighting, where it was positioned, how big the pieces the were. The fact that some of them were meant to be emotionally imposing and the reasons behind that. And, and not just with the old masters, but with any art that any artist created. Yeah. If you take the time to just really, really look at the work and find out a little bit more. That's my big... If I don't like something... If if there's something where right off the bat I'm like, oh, I don't really I don't really like that. I usually look a little bit deeper. I look and see who the artist was. I take a look and see what maybe what artist statement they have behind the piece. What were they thinking? Whenever I've judged a show, I've done this. I have to do that because I do have such an appreciation for art that I have to give every work of art the benefit of the doubt. Right. Mm -hmm. Maybe it didn't make it through my initial uh, detector of art, but there's got to be something there because a human being created this. And even after that, sometimes I connect, sometimes I don't, but I don't just pawn it off as bad art. It's just it's not for me. And I, I like I said, that's my biggest complaint with Jerry Saltz is that he uses the word bad art, you know, and, mm -hmm. and I get it because he's very opinionated and I do appreciate his perspective on it. But I really seriously don't think that there is such a thing as bad art because in the beginning when, when Picasso was doing his, uh, his abstracts, his cubism, it was considered bad art. The Impressionist, their art was considered bad art. Yeah, Impressionist was a derogatory term. Yeah, exactly. They weren't, they didn't call themselves the Impressionist. A lot of innovation is usually rejected as bad. Mm -hmm. And so I will never be one of those people that just offhandedly is like, oh, well, that's not real art or that's not blah, 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 because it's digital or it's this or it's that. And I, I honestly feel like if you're going to criticize art, you do have to have a full appreciation for all art, for all art forms. And that includes art that doesn't even exist yet. Absolutely. For human expression. Yeah. For anything that humans express themselves, people, it, it's so easy. And you see people like, oh, I don't like country music or I don't like this kind of music or I don't like that kind of music. It's so easy to throw around those offhanded comments without giving it the full investigation. There's a lot of music that I don't like, but there isn't a genre that I don't like. Right. You know what I mean? There's things that appeal to your tastes and and oftentimes when you're open in that way, what you like grows and grows and yeah. expands and expands. If you simply don't like something, you're not doing the work justice or yourself. Yeah, exactly, because you're not growing. You're not you're not expanding beyond uh what you already know. And honestly, the only way to really expand beyond is to take things in and give yourself the opportunity to sit with something and get past the defensive layers of this is my world, this is what I like, this is what I don't like, because you never know. And it, you see it happen with music, you see it happen with food, you see it happen with geological location, people that don't want to travel from one place to the other. Oh, I don't like that place. Have you ever been there? No. What, like, right. what? I think if you are willing to look at artwork, right? And and have that critical eye. Take a look at the thing. Investigate it. Really investigate it. Have a love for the work. If you're willing to do that, 
it really shows how it is probably that you face the world and other people and other and people just about every situation yeah. if you're talking to people about their artwork you are one of two things you are either disempowering to another human being or you are empowering to another human being and i don't mean this like just when you like the art you're empowering and when you don't like the art you're you know you got to you got to give them tough love i mean whether you like it or not the way that you deal with people the way that you deal with your opinion on things you are either giving people empowerment you're giving them something good that they can walk away from that situation feeling good about themselves maybe changing their perspective but still feeling good about themselves or you are completely taking away their power. And I've seen a lot of art critics. I've seen artists. I've seen people out there do this. And I am convinced that if you are disempowering someone, it's because you yourself uh, feel a lack of something in your life. And so in order to feel better about yourself, you got to push someone down. And I really, whenever I have seen that in the art world where somebody has been critical of someone else's art, I see a weak person tearing someone down in order to try and lift themselves up. And I don't think that that is what it means to be an art critic. That is definitely not what it means. And that's where I challenge a lot of people out there that say some really horrible shit about like Jackson Pollock's art is a great example. Picasso, well, that's not a real artist. Those aren't real artists. And that's where I'm like, you do not have an appreciation for art. You do not have an appreciation for human expression. And I don't care what excuse you come up with. This is totally a personal jab at something to make yourself feel better. Which is not what the whole world of art critique was meant to be in the first place. It's exactly. not why critiques exist. Critiques exist from the very beginnings, I believe, so that we could get better and evolve, so yeah. that we could improve and have uh, empowering conversations with one another about our work, yeah. right? Yeah. About what we're putting out there. And my favorite and the best critics I personally feel in any genre, whether it's movies or music or artwork or whatever, are the people that have a deep appreciation for the work. Oh, yeah. It's, who might say, I wasn't really resonating with this, yeah. but I can see what the intent was. Yeah. And I mean, it's one of the reasons I love watching Chris Stuckman for movie reviews. Yes. Because he genuinely loves movies. I see a lot of people out there turn, you know, start doing petitions like, let's change the ending to this or blah, 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 blah. And they, they argue about stuff. And I'm like, do you have any idea how many people, how many creative people were involved in either A, making that movie or making that song or making whatever it is that you just went to a movie theater and maybe it wasn't a great movie, but you don't have to walk out and critic like people throw around offhanded comments all the time without any kind of consideration of human beings created this, mm -hmm. you guys. You know, it, it might seem like a big, like a big undertaking, like it is unfathomable putting a movie together and how many moving parts are in that. But like people put this together. We watched Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah. I loved it. 
And next thing you know, there's this barrage on Twitter of people saying like, why is uh, Millie Bobby Brown in the movie? Like she's that whole thing. That was a waste of time. That was this. That was that. And guaranteed, maybe the scene took away from the monsters fighting. Right. But it's Godzilla. Yeah. Like it's Godzilla. And and I'm like, so you feel really good about yourself because you're throwing daggers at one of the actors who is out there sweating, busting her ass, trying to make this movie so that you can enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. And and there there's your claim to fame. You got a, a bunch of likes on your Twitter post. Good job. I'm like, would it? I, I just – if you're going to throw daggers, then honestly, your commentary on anything that you're criticizing, whether it's a movie, artwork, music, whatever it is, if you're going to throw daggers, then it doesn't count. Really, it doesn't. It's not serving any purpose. It's not bettering anyone or anything in being simply dismissive. Yeah, Dismissiveness is one of my biggest pet peeves. Yeah. Uh, and it really just – it really is just a red flag for me that someone is closed-minded on something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and in my opinion, like whenever I've run into people that are like that, I, those aren't my peeps. Right. Those aren't the people that I hang out with. You know, and uh, you've seen it happen on YouTube with even some of our followers where somebody will be like, oil is blah, blah, blah. And then they hear me talking and then they get mad at me and then they, you know, leave thumbs down and they whatever or they get really offended. I'm never coming back to this page because you blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's OK. That's, we don't speak the same language. We, we don't, don't think the same way. We don't about think it. the yeah. same way. Whether it's acrylic, oil. Uh, jewelry, a sculpture, whatever materials it's made, whether it's found materials, whether it's insider art, outsider art. Godzilla. Godzilla. Country music. Country music. Uh, you know, the, uh, movies like Battlefield Earth. You yeah, know. That's, there, there's, there's, it's very hard for me to appreciate that movie other than just the fact that it is a hilariosity. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's a great study in appreciation because we did take the time to do a little background investigation and we found out a lot of really cool stuff about the costume design department for that movie. Yes. Yes. (laughs) But I mean, and that's the thing, like you look a little bit deeper, you always look a little bit deeper. You don't, you don't just brainlessly say, Oh, that, that sucks. Oh really? Why? In my opinion, especially if you're talking about art, you want to be able to hold your own with somebody that that is knowledgeable about the art. Mm-hmm. Unless you just don't care and you don't find value in it and you're going to be a jerk anyway, then fine. More power to you. There's plenty of trolls, there's plenty of people out there that they that's how they feel better about themselves mm-hmm. is by by throwing daggers. But that's not where our criticism comes in. And that's I think the most important thing that I want to make clear in this podcast is that if you're asked to judge a show, Remember, it's not you're not there to throw daggers or make fun of art. This honor only goes to somebody who has a deep appreciation for art mm-hmm. and communication and expression and self-expression and all that stuff. It doesn't matter if you don't like it. If you don't like it, that's fine. It doesn't mean that you have to like it or that you have to convince yourself to like it. But understand, okay, well, why is it that I don't like this? Yeah. You know, and and in a much more intelligent way than like, that's crap. Like, why is it crap? 
And I think, I think you learn so much more about yourself and the world if you're willing to ask yourself those questions. And honestly, at the end of the day, and I'll say this to everyone out there, whether you are an artist who has had your art judged or you are out there and you're going to judge art, don't take yourself too seriously because ultimately it is only an opinion. Mm-hmm. That is it. You saying that something is bad doesn't mean that it's bad to everyone. You saying something that's good, oh, that's good art, that does that does not mean that it's good art to everyone. I think that's a really important thing to remember, especially because we sometimes do forget that. And especially when somebody has authority yeah. in the art world. I said that with big quotation marks. Well, I, I, call, I call authority uh, inflated ego. That's basically what it is. It's like if you have authority, especially in the art world, what authority? Who has authority in the art world? An art critic? A gallery? The artist that's creating the art? The buyer that's creating, that's buying the artwork? Like, who is the ultimate authority in the art world in something that is so unique to every artist that creates it? Something that is so unique to every buyer that has a unique taste that buys the art. There is no authority. So that's where I'm like, you're not an authority. You're just an inflated ego when it comes to this. And some people understand that. Some people that are the inflated egos in the art world understand that. The problem is that as an artist, it is also easy to want to be an inflated ego because that that way you're seen as an authority on the subject. And honestly... We're all just a bunch of amateurs trying to figure it out. And there, and really, there's nothing to figure out. So, like, that's that's the challenge, I think, when it comes to looking at artwork, talking about your artwork, uh, talking about someone else's artwork, giving somebody a criticism on something that they've created. It's all stuff that you got to keep in mind. It's just your opinion. Don't take yourself seriously. Yeah. Whether you're talking about your art or someone else's art, dig deeper be authentic, and try to say it in the simplest way possible. Yeah. I think those are good good foundations. To yeah. And, and remember, you're talking to a human. Have some humanity. And I guess that's it. And uh, I'm curious to know, you guys, if you've ever done your own judging of an art show, if you've ever judged artwork, how deep do you look at when you're looking at a piece that maybe you don't like? Or if you're just somebody who's like, I don't value art, you know, you could also leave a comment as well. And thank you so much for listening, you guys. You guys are absolutely amazing. I totally adore you. And if you like this podcast and you want to listen to more like this, just click anywhere around here to subscribe. And I guess that's it. You want to say goodbye, Clee? Good day. Adios.